Sorry about that, folks. A little bit of technical difficulties. Okay, JT, you was talking about a crazy stalker. Yeah. Uh, so my first year, you know, I, I ended up, I said, if I ended up with a crazy story. When I mean crazy stalker, I don't just mean like, oh, they come to every show. No. I mean, like, I went up to my car, you know, because at the time I was still doing the Canadian thing, right? So I had, like, I had a Canadian baseball jersey, a football jersey, hockey jersey, you know, I'd wear it to the ring. And, like, I went outside one time just to get something out of my car. Like, she's following me out of the building. And I'm thinking, fuck, this is just me and her out here. What the, what the fuck, right? So she's like, can I have a baseball jersey? Well, fuck, no, you can't have my baseball jersey. It's fucking mine. You take your happy ass down the fucking store and go buy one. And you're a heel, right? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a heel, right? So then she's like, "When well, can I have your hockey jersey? Fuck no, you can't have my hockey jersey. I like my hockey jersey. I don't like you. So then I'm like, I look at my car and I see this football jersey. And I, I never wore the football jersey. And I was like, if I give you the football jersey, will you leave me the fuck alone? Yeah, yeah, cool. And I just fucking throw it like a fastball over my hood. I hit her in the face with the jersey. I'm like, now leave me the fuck alone. I got shit to do. I go back in the building. Up there, because Rob thought it'd be funny to throw a little rib my way. And this back in the time, you know, Yahoo Messenger was the thing, right? So Rob takes his potty stuff to give her my, my Yahoo Messenger no, ID. So I start getting fucking messages from this crazy chick. And I'm like, son of a bitch, right? And this continues. And then we get to OWO. And now I can get some of the heat off of me because on top of like, okay, she's chilled out a little bit on me. But now she's like, she's all in on Brandon. So now I just get to sit back and be like, this is your fucking problem, buddy. We are tag team partners, but not in this situation. <laughs> I'm tagging the fuck out. So, uh, you know, we get to do that. Then OWO, they start doing the, the after hour show with Shakers, right? Yeah. And we're all out at Outlaw's house trying to figure out things. Well, all of a sudden they're like, yeah, we, we got a couple girls, you know, they're going to come and because, you know, at the, at the bar, man, like, I mean, it, was, it was on, like, whatever happened, happened. Right. You know, we had no filter on language. We had no filter on, like, you know, if, if, if a chick flashed herself, whatever. So Jesse thought, hey, to bring people in, you know, maybe we can get, you know, have some kind of contest where a girl, you know, flashes her tits or something. And I said, you know, I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, the door opens up. Here comes crazy chick. <laughs> I remember the look on your face. Yeah, and I'm just like, so then they're like, well, we don't know if, you know, Jesse's like, well, we don't know if you girls know how to, like, do a strip tease dance. So we're going to need you to do it. And all you motherfuckers, fuck all of you guys that was in there, because all you motherfuckers threw me under the butt and volunteered me for her and her friend to fucking do a strip tease on me in Jesse's kitchen. So fuck the fuck out of you guys on that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm telling you, man, if, if it would have been an actual strip club, them bitches would have been fired because I made sure to sit there like the most uninterested anything. Like, I just sat there staring at the fucking floor like, I'm going to get these motherfuckers.
I don't know how, but I'm going to get these motherfuckers. Because I remember, like, they're all like, hey, how's it going in there? Follow you. <laughs> I'm not having a good time. You've presented me with titties, and I can't even enjoy the titties because of what they're attached to. <laughs> so finally, you know, OWO ends. We start doing, you know, RPW. One four. We're like, you know, OWO ended, and and the, the here's my theory on why OWO ended. I wasn't on the business okay. side of it, okay. But the thing that got me was, you know, they'd always pay the outside guys, right? Okay? The, the guys that built up the company, they didn't get nothing. Like we got the we got the handshake, we didn't get the fucking hot dog, and you know me, I like food. I didn't even get that. So, like, when we started doing the Shaker shows, the deal was with the uh, owner of the bar was any money that came in at the door went straight to the wrestling. He only made his money off the alcohol. Right. So we're making money, but we ain't seeing no money. The only the only payday I ever got in OWO was me and Brandon went to leave. We happened to talk to the owner. He asked us what we got paid. We told him nothing. He said, hang on a second, and he disappears for like five minutes. He comes back and hands me and Brandon a case of Budweiser bottles and says, is this a good enough payment? Well, fuck yeah, it is. Now we got to leave. Well, why? I was like, because we're in a locker room full of wrestlers, and this is our fucking beer, <laughs> bud. We're drinking it. So I drive Brandon from Cambridge, Ohio, all the way back to Williamstown, West Virginia. And we proceed to sit in Brandon's garage and drink all that fucking beer. So at that point, you know, hey, I didn't, I didn't mind, I didn't mind the, the work that night, you know, like, hey, I got something. Yeah. Out. Uh, but uh, there, the, before I get really in RPW, do you remember the time that we uh, we all went to Denny's after a show, and we all like put some tables together, and then all of a sudden the crazy stalker chick walks in. And she sits down directly in front of me while we're trying to eat. And I just looked at her and went, the fuck are you doing here? Well, I came to see you guys. We don't want to see you. So, like, you know, we're all like, hey, this is pretty good. You know, try something, right? You know, we're all like kind of sharing food amongst ourselves. And this bitch goes to reach at my plate. Oh, Lord. And and I fucking flat out told her, I said, uh, you'll pull back a fucking nub. You try to reach for my food, I'm going to put my fork through your fucking hand. And she goes, well, will you let them get food off your plate? I said, yeah, but I like them. I don't like you. So then she grabs my, my sunglasses <laughs> off the table. And she puts them on. And she starts giggling. And I was like, you take my fucking sunglasses off your fucking face now. And she just keeps smiling. And I was like, I swear to God, if you take my sunglasses too straight real quick so then she finally takes him off what's your problem to enjoy food with my friend and you're here so we finally eat she's out in the parking lot at the time I had Civic me and Brandon get in the Civic right yeah she's standing behind my car she's not moving look at Brandon I said fuck it I kicked the motherfucker in reverse and hit the gas 
She moved really quick. <laughs> you almost hit me. I know. I was trying. You moved. So, oh, shit. You know, so we get the RPW, right? So me and Joey, you know, there's nothing going on. We got we to get this started. You know, we got we to get something rolling. So, I mean, we went, you know, we went over different names of what RPW stood for, you know, all this shit. Then, you know, we finally... Now, before oh, we get boy. on to Vinny Violence, Vinny Violence, Violence did not get his official, like, start in the business. Like, not as a wrestler, but just a start in general, his foot in the door. That did not come with W. That came with OWO. Because he was right. a referee in OWO. And he knew fuck all then about wrestling. And then even after he got in between the ropes as a wrestler, he knew fuck all about wrestling. So we bring him in, you know. We're all for giving guys a shot, you know. Hey, let's see right. what you got. Let's see what you can do, right? Because we ain't going to get anywhere if we just keep booking the same guys over and over. We got to keep cycling in new guys. So, you know, things are going all right. The problem was, like Joe stated before, he couldn't he couldn't keep it up financially. You know, he was losing more money than he was putting, you know, than he was making. So we all had that meeting, you know, that Joe's going to hand over the reins. And everybody thought that he was going to hand it to me. The only reason it didn't get handed to me is I couldn't handle it financially. Like, there was no way. I had too much going right. on with my shit. So I thought, okay, he handed it to somebody else, and I'll still probably, you know, do the bookings or whatever. Well, it started off it, it started off handed, right. handed to you and Vinny. But then, like, then I don't know what happened there. You got tired of it. You dropped out of that part. Yeah, me and Vinny started having our issues. Right. Uh, I, I, I can remember one specifically, and it's funny because it, it, it all intertwined. You know, you uh, you paid him to try to fix your fucking porch, and I had yeah. to come and do it. Uh, just like he tried to run a fucking wrestling promotion. And then for a little bit, I had to come and fucking do it. So he's, you know, he's not listening to, you know, anything we're telling him of how this should be done. He's playing the fucking buddy system. If he likes you, you'll get a push. If he don't like you, well, fuck you. And case in point was, Ace James had improved tremendously from where he was in ICWWO. Absolutely. But Vinny wouldn't push him because Vinny didn't like him personally. And there was a lot of guys. That Vinny, if he if he wasn't cool with you, if he wasn't if you weren't one of the people that Vinny would invite to his house for a cookout, you weren't getting nothing. So I said we need to have fucking training. So I was like, yeah, they, some of these guys they know the basics of it, but shit is sloppy. We need to work on this. I was like, we need to bring new people in. So he sets this ring up at his house. I'd go to his house Tuesdays and Thursdays. I'd be in the fucking ring from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m., okay? 
because everybody had different schedules. So it was show up when you can, and we're going to run through. When I say we're going to run through everything, we're not just going to do back bumps, run the ropes. I don't give a fuck if you already know how to do this. You're going to keep doing it because muscle memory, you'll be able to do it without fucking thinking about it. So we did that. We did fucking ninja rolls. We did body slam drills. You know, we were like, here's how you do the fucking hold. Now we're going to go through it. Now, the people that didn't know fuck all about wrestling that decided, hey, I want to be a pro wrestler. Why? Because I've watched it on TV. I think I can do it. And every time I think of that, I think of, I think of Ellis. <laughs> you remember Ellis? Yeah, I remember Ellis. Yeah, big fucking, like, what, 350 fucking pounds. He thought he was Vader. Built like Vader, he did not have the fucking athletic ability of Vader. No, and he wasn't but the most pleasant-smelling individual. Exactly, right? At least have some common fucking decency for the rest of us puts fucking deodorant on. He got to the point where I started bringing deodorant to practice. And I'd be like, You know, it's like you stink in the ring, but you stink personally. You know, so fucking get your shit together. But, uh, so this motherfucker, like, every time he talked to me, he, uh, hey, I'm going to be this character, and I'm going to do this. And motherfucker, you're not. You can't even get in the ring right. You sit down and shut the fuck up. Your best bet is to, like, either pay, pay your fucking money to watch the show, or the best thing I can offer you is you be a fucking security guy. But you're not going to be a wrestler. I'm just telling you now. So he's dead said this is what's going to happen. He's going to be a wrestler. So, uh, excuse me one second. <coughs> so he, uh, he gets in a ring and we're going over, you know, back bumps. All right, he can do that. All right, you got back bumps down. Let's take a front bump. Well, what's a front bump? Stand where you're at. Then you basically somersault forward. You land flat back bump. That's it. I proceed to watch this big bastard pile drive himself six fucking times. <laughs> I watched him land on his head. I watched him land on his shoulder. And every time he'd pop up. Was that pretty good? No. It, fuck it wasn't. That, that was fucking terrible. I don't even know what the fuck that was. I just saw a big fat fuck get his ass kicked by gravity. That's what I saw. <laughs> so, uh, he finally, he, like, probably ten, out of ten times, he finally hits one. Because I got it. I'm good. It's like, no, you, you got fucking lucky. And I told him, I said, it's simple physics, man. I said, when you jump and you shove your head towards your ass, Gravity should fucking take over, and your big ass should follow your head. And that same training, we had another kid who was right. 18, right? He wanted to be a wrestler. So we get to the front bumps. He's real hesitant, so I walk over like, hey, what's going on? He's crying. He's not even in the ring yet. He's crying. What the, the fuck are you crying? What's wrong? And I'm, and, you know, my brain, I'm like Tom Hanks in A League of the Road. I'm thinking, there's no fucking crying in wrestling. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? 
And he's like, I'm afraid to flip. You, you, you fucking what? Oh, I'm afraid to flip. I was like, you're, you're in the wrong fucking business, kid. I was like, because here's what's going to happen. You get into a ring, and your fear takes over, and suddenly you think, I'm not flipping. We're going to make you flip. That's how this fucking works. Because if you're in a match, you ain't shitting on me just because suddenly you got no balls. We're going to work through the fucking problem in front of all these people. So, just like Ellis, he proceeds to pile drive himself. <laughs> so he finally gets it to where I get him to do like two or three in yeah. a row, right? He, he gets all fucking cocky. Like, my God, this, this is easy. Really? This is easy? Yeah, no problem at all. Cool. Get on the second rope. For what? Do a fucking front bump from the second rope. Why? It's easy. Second rope, same fucking motion. You're only a little bit high off the ground. He finally, he, you know, first try, I don't know if he just decided I need to grow a set or what, but he got over and boom, he landed it. <laughs> now, even though it was at Vinny's house, guess he was not in the ring all that fucking long. Here's a surprise. And I tried to work with him. And when I was working with him, you know, because like you said, you know, he had the potential. He had the size and shit. When I was working with him and he would listen, he would do good. But then when he just became like, I'm the boss, I'm in charge of everything, it's my way or no way. Anything I fucking explained to him or anybody else was fucking deaf ears, man. Right. You know that as well as I do. But I will go on record and say this because you and Joe were out at ringside for this. It is possible to pull a good match out of that fat fuck because I've yes. But here's the key. Don't go out there and work a fucking match with Vinny. Work a match around Vinny. We did five fucking moves. The main thing of that match was after we hit our fucking moves and I hit my finish, the referee magically got a phone call. So I'm up yelling at the ref. I turn around. I take a clothesline. One, two, three. We call it a fucking day. Five fucking moves. Keep it simple as shit. Yeah. Why? Because not only does he suck in the ring, he's kind of fucking dumb too. <laughs> All right. But uh, so at one point in RPW, you know, they hit him and his wife asked me, "Hey, can can you help do the booking? Right? Because we, we can't figure out what to do. We're stuck. Right?" I said, "All right." I said, "Uh." How about me and Admiral Payne do the book? I said, I don't want to do it all by myself. Okay. <coughs> so, me and Admiral Payne, we we book probably like six months ahead, all right? And we realize that, hey, you know, shit's going to come up. Guys can't make shows, whatever. So, we have alternative okay. options. Okay. And we all of a sudden, like, Vinny's like, well, why is Ace wrestling in this match with this guy? Well, because, you stupid fuck, you keep booking literally the exact same people against each other every fucking show. And then you can't figure out 
why A, you're not making no money, and B, nobody's coming to the show. I can tell you why you ain't making no money, because you're letting every motherfucker in for free, and half the fucking crowd is your family. There's one reason why you ain't making no fucking money. So, on top of the same show every time, nobody's going to come pay that shit. And keep in mind, you know, once again, this is RPW 2.0, not 1.0. And so we started giving them different matches that people never seen. And guys were excited, like the boys, man. Like, they were like, cool, I get to wrestle guys. Absolutely. You know, the crowd was getting into it. Go ahead, go ahead. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I remember that. And then, like, that that went on for, you know, a couple months. And then all of a sudden, you know, I, I get called to come up to their house one day, right? And I remember I'm I'm standing out on Vinny them's porch and him and his wife. It was funny because anytime he had to deliver news to me, he always had to have his wife there. Like, like somehow that's going to stop me from slapping the fucking ugly off his face. <laughs> so... She proceeds to tell me that some people aren't happy with me being in charge. And I said, well, that's not my problem. I said, because most of these guys are used to the yeah. system. As long as the bodies were cool, it's like nobody has dealt with a boss of somebody being like, no, we are not doing that. We're doing this. And this is what we're going to do. Steve. I said, they like that. See, they called me to ask my opinion on so, that. I'm like, why are you asking me? It's your show. Right? Well, we'll see. Here, here, here's where it gets real ironic. And, it, and I'm going to put you on the hot seat real okay. quick. Okay. So they tell, I said, well, at least tell me who, who, who the hell's saying they're going to walk. Because my response was, let them walk. It's independent wrestling. For every guy that leaves, literally, there's another hundred independent wrestlers trying to get a booking. So they tell me that the two guys who threatened to walk are Admiral Payne and Buckshot Jones. Wasn't wasn't Admiral Payne writing with you? Yeah. (laughs) So their stories ain't ain't meshing. Right, exactly. So it's like, well, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Because like you said, if Payne's doing the writing with me, and then they get so what the what the fuck's you know if Buckshot's got an issue what the fuck's the issue because he hasn't said shit to me. Yeah, well, you know me. If I got an issue, I'll, I'll say it to you. Right. I mean, they asked me. I said, "Yo, I mean, if you get a problem, then you know, gross it and, and talk to him." Now, I, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you one one person I, I do think probably had a fucking issue with me, and that was Matt. I'm not so fucking awesome as I think I am. Vinny's buddy. Right. And because I remember Vinny's wife telling Matt one time uh, when when uh, Payne said he wanted to have his retirement match with me. And a couple other guys, you know, said, yeah, if I, you know, I, I'd like to have my last match with you or something like that. Yeah. I guess he was with him. And he was like, well, I don't understand why everybody wants to have a match with JT. And Vinny's wife flat out turned around and looked at Matt Awesome. She goes, because JT's fucking awesome. Apparently that went over like a turn to punch ball with Matt. Oh, well. If you want to get complimented, cool, get better in the ring. That's all I'm saying. Right. You know, but, you know, it took me time. You know, just like, you know, with Connor and Hex, you know, I tell them guys, you know, you got to establish something. You know, I started at five, 
but I didn't start hitting my fucking stride and like everything clicking until like 2009. You know, so you're looking four years at least before things start like, oh, okay. Now my brain wants to fucking work right. Uh, but you know, like so, so RPW is going, and I'm kind of you know, I'm backing out on the training thing because at that point, a people weren't showing up, but b, Vinny's charging these guys, you know, for training. Hundred fifty bucks, right? But uh huh. Hundred fifty bucks. I think, and then out of the hundred and fifty bucks, I I don't know. For me being the guy who's in the ring fucking twelve hours a day, right? I'm I'm lucky if I get maybe twenty dollars. All right. So that that kind of that kind of eighty six that for me. Uh, but the thing that really really turned me like to where I was like I was just fucking done with RPW. Uh, when they put the heavyweight on Tony. Yes, because here you, here you took your main title, that's supposed to fucking mean something, and you bypassed all these fucking veteran guys who can actually work, and you stick your heavyweight title on an overweight, just out of high school, asthmatic with no gear, greener than goose shit. Yes, at that point in time, I done. Stepped away too. So, and and, and Vinny, Vinny's problem when he the way he the way Vinny ran everything, and you could tell he knew absolutely dick and didn't learn anything the entire time he was associated with wrestling. The way I described the way Vinny booked and ran a promotion was, he was a wrestling fan who watched fucking Monday Night Raw one too many times and suddenly thought, you know what, I can do this shit. You know what. Uh, management mode on fucking WWE fucking SmackDown versus Raw. I'm the greatest thing on there. I'm getting all the high ratings. I, I could be. I could do this for real. And then he realized. You know, and, 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 and you know, like like Joe said, not the toot my own horn, but toot toot. I was the most over fucking heel that RPW had. Right. And. If anybody wants to dispute that, all I got to say is, A, I legitimately challenged a man who was actually wheelchair-bound to a match. And since he couldn't get in the ring to me, I went to him. I even sat on a chair in front of him and told him now we were on level playing field, but he had the advantage because his chair had wheels on it. And then I proceeded to tell him for once in his life to be a man and stand up for himself. Oh, wait. He can't. On top of the fact of we went to Meadowbrook Middle School. I finished my match. I'm talking shit to a fan at the end of the line. I turn around and some jack off in the crowd folds up the metal chair he's sitting on and cracks oh, in the brother, fucking yeah, head with I remember it. that. And then I get in the locker room. I got blood trickling down my face. And the first person looked at me is Jojo Little and says, the fuck happened to you? And all I said was, guy in the crowd hit me with a chair. Next thing you know, I'm the only motherfucker <laughs> yeah, in that locker room. Yeah, I was in the process. Didn't even have my shirt buttoned up. Didn't even have my, didn't have my boots tied. <laughs> yeah, we're all out there. And 
I never seen two right? some bitches run so fast in my entire life. Them some bitches were gone. And like I happened to peek out of, out from the locker room area, and all I see is I see all the wrestlers going toward the door. I see half the fucking crowd going toward the door. And I'm just like, oh look, I started a fucking riot. <laughs> Ugh. But uh, you know, during during uh, during that time, uh, this is uh, in between our OWO and RPW, I think. You and I used to go yeah. to RAW, didn't we? Yeah, uh, around 2010, because uh, at that point we were doing we were doing RAW on Tuesdays every week, and then on the weekend it'd either be like a, an RPW show, an OAPCW show, or an OAW show. So I mean, we yeah. our dance card was pretty full. Uh, you know, I remember we went up there the first time for RAW, and we were the opening match because you know we were the new guys, and uh, JoJo was there, JT Hogg was there. Uh, Eddie insane, and uh, so I remember we're in the back, and they're like, well, "Who's heel and who's face?" Well, I'm heel and he's face, and they they proceed to tell me, you know, "Hey, go out there and get some heat." And I'm you know I'm used to you know wrestling in schools and shit like that, so I'm like, so I just keep it to like yeah. hell, him and ass, right? Like, man, you're in a bar, you can guys there say fuck twenty times for all we care. They're like, just go out there and get heat. And I remember I turned and looked at you, and I went, hey, they're going to give me a live mic. And your response was, oh, brother, well, we might get the rest of our match. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we, we went out. We had, we had a good match. They, they brought us back the next week. And uh, I think the next time we went, uh, we did a triple threat. It was you, me, and Rozzy. And then uh, the, the last time we were up there, we did the tag match, which was you, was Buckshot Jones, and Slugs Calhoun, the original yeah. Redneck Wrecking Crew, and against me and Admiral Payne. Now, think about that match. So you guys come out to the ring, right, to your Hank Jr. or whatever the hell it was, right? Yeah. So JJ Slugs Calhoun, he's got the wintergreen snuff in his pocket, right? But when he comes out, he's also got a dip in his mouth, but he's got no place to spit it out. <laughs> so he gets the bright idea. Well, I'll just wrestle with this dip in my mouth. I got no clue it's in there. I just know he's got the snuff can in his pocket. I didn't even know it was full of snuff. I thought it was empty. So, you know, you give him the tag, he comes in, I fucking drill him with this clothesline. He bumps. I'm selling a little bit, and I, I, I hear coughing. So I get down on top, and I start punching him. And as I'm punching him, and he's coughing, like his eyes are watering, he's turning, he's turning colors, right? Every punch, <laughs> and he coughs, and I just keep getting this big whiff of wintergreen. And finally, I look at him, and I was like, did you swallow your snuff? He's shaking his head, yes, just going. <laughs> so I'm kind of laughing. So I'm like, roll out of the ring. So I get up, I start kicking him. You remember how R.A.W. had the ring set up where the one side was against the wall? Yes. 
he starts rolling toward that wall. I'm like, yeah, oh, well, fuck it. All right. So I'm kicking him. He gets underneath the rope. I don't give him a break because suddenly I got this genius idea. I'm going to amuse the fuck out of myself. So I start kicking him through the rope. Referees try to pull me off. I push the referee out of the way. I grab a hold of the rope. I put my foot through it, and I just start pushing as hard as I can. And I manage to get his ass stuck and wedged between the wall of the bar and the ring. And he can't fucking get up. The only thing you can see above the apron is his shoulders and his head and his arms and his legs. And I remember the referee and squat underneath him and pop him up out of there. I don't remember anything else of the match. <laughs> Other than the fact that I got him stuck between. And that was my only goal. But, uh, you know, after. After we went to R.A.W., uh, there was we uh we made a we made a pit stop in Wheeling oh, one time. You remember yeah. that shit? L.P.W. Uh, Legends Pro Wrestling. Yeah, fucking Jack Blaze, the promoter. Michael that piece Cruz. Of shit. So it's you. It's yeah, it's you. It's me. It's Joe, Ace, and Steel. And Rimstone. I don't know if Rodzi went with us or not. Brimstone, okay. So, I know uh, Snake Man, Devin Michaels was there. Uh, Lord Zoltan was on the show. Uh, there was the three guys that came from uh, PA. And like you said, it, Mr. A, Mr. Now, a, Michael Blade, Mike Cruz. that's who I worked. Right. Yeah, well, well, real quick, I'll get on the mic. Since you brought that, that up, I'm going to bring something up to everybody that's ever worked you. So we all know Buckshot Jones does not leave his feet for shit, especially on a suplex. Because that is the only time I've ever suplexed somebody where I have had to limbo myself underneath of them to get the suplex off. (laughs) Because the man don't jump. All right? If he does, he ain't got hops at all. We need to get some springs in his boots. But I'm watching this match through the curtain, right? Now, I, I, want, I want to know what the hell you had that day because I'm watching through the curtain. I see him shoot you off. He drops down for a back body drop, and you do a fucking perfect sunset flip. I must have eaten my, I must have eaten my Wheaties fuck, that day man? or had an extra pinch of Copenhagen. E- either that or you- longest fucking rib on all of us for years. Only when I go out of town do I leave my feet. Because I remember that happened. I turned and looked at Steel and went, Buckshot just did a fucking sunset flip. And everybody that knew you turned and went, the fuck did you just say? (laughs) No, he didn't. Yeah, his old ass jumped over that guy, somersaulted, landed on the mat, and fucking rode him up for a pin. That's what the fuck happened. I told him. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember. And everybody's like, well, what the fuck? I'm yeah, like, you was know. the first one to meet me after the match was over. Now I get back to the curtain, and you're like, how the fuck did you do that? 
Hey, and you're like, what? I was like, what the fuck do you do? So I said, flip. Uh, and you're just like, I don't know. <laughs> the other thing I remember about that show is uh, standing at the curtain kind of watching the matches. And Jack Blaze asking you, like, or not Jack Blaze, but uh, was it? Uh, yeah. Jack Blaze, right? Yeah. He uh, he looked at you and he goes, hey, can that guy take a joke? You go, yeah, yeah. And he sneaks up behind me with a stapler. And he proceeds to staple my ass. Yeah. And I just turned around and kind of pulled the staple out of my ass. I looked at him and I said, well, ain't there some fucking shit? I'm like, I got all dressed up in spandex and didn't get paid, but came to Wheeling, West Virginia and got poked in the ass. And I'll tell you what, that that, that, that was some foreshadowing because uh, I got stiffed on the fucking pay, too. Yeah, we all did. Right? The only the only person that got paid was Steel. So 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 we bring the ring. We carried up three flights of steps. We set the ring up. We put all their guys over. Yeah. Uh Joe got paid for reffing. Steel got paid for the ring rental. Steel had to pay us out of his ring rental. And then then the fun happened. Because then we found out all about Jack Blaze. Yeah. Because it's back in the day of the internet the the back to the internet wrestling uh, message board. The indie wrestling yeah. board, right? Well, we come to find out after we do the show that this Jack Blaze guy, he's a he's a registered sex offender. We're like, what the fuck? Like you know this motherfucker's running shows and kids go to them. Yeah, that was shows. one of his and to look it up. He is not to be right? anywhere so, around so, children. Right. So so we get the we get the word out on this shit. And they got a show coming up at the same building. And they got Jim Nighthart on this show. Well, they didn't get to have the show. Uh, Jack Blaze dyed his hair bleach blonde at that point. And by the time that show was coming on, WTAP News was down there. There were people protesting the building, and that motherfucker got handcuffed and sent to jail. No more LPW. Yeah, he uh, had the salt pepper look. And he must have knew what was up, because by the time they got there, he looked like Eminem on crack. Right? I remember good meeting. Well, that's just like, you know. The whole getting stiffed on the panel that show. Well, if you remember right, I don't know if you was there, but I know it was me and Brimstone. Because Brimstone ended up showing up with um, Marco Cruz's ex-girlfriend. Right. She ended up, or he ended up cheating on her. She found out she hooked up with Brimstone. We showed, we paid. I mean, I emailed him, wanting my money, trying to get what I was promised to get right. paid. Then whatever he paid me, I didn't give Steel his money back, but he paid out of his ring rail. Right. You know, email, text, phone calls, nothing returned. So we said, well, all right, we know when this next show is going to be. We all show up. Next thing you know, we get this bull dyke. You know, not, you know, not, not what, I'm just saying what she looked like. Right. Oh, that, that, that angry security lady? Oh, she's a referee. Oh, okay, okay. Then the sloppy-looking Ellis twin brother guy came up and said, we had to leave because you guys are here to cause trouble. Right. And I said, all right, yeah, we'll leave, but here's the condition. We're getting our money back that we paid in. Because if you don't, I'm going to stand up and let everybody know here that Jack Blaze is a retro sex offender and he ain't allowed to be around children. That's in terms of his, the conditions of his uh, you know, being out. Uh-huh. Not allowed to be around children in public or in private. Keyword public. 
So he goes, well, I got to talk to him. He came back. We got our money back. We left. But then they had another show. Me and Ace James were talking. You know, like, all right, so I'm really in West Virginia. He said, he's going to go ahead and call the West Virginia State Police. I'm like, really? All right, I said, I'll top it all off. I'm calling WTRF. All right. And I explained it to them. And from what I take, from what I read on the message board, they thought it was a work at the beginning. Because he was standing in the ring, walking the way to the show. Next thing you know, he's getting handcuffed. <laughs> yeah, one thing. Do not promise me you're going to pay me to skip me on my pay because I will get you back one way or another. Right. Well, I, mean, yeah, I don't I like mind that. not getting paid because I love doing this, but don't promise me you're going to pay me something and don't, don't pay it. I ain't playing right. that shit. That's a verbal it's contract. Like, uh, you know, uh, like, you know, kind of getting back a little bit on topic here. Uh, with the OAW, like, when we worked for Jay Shaker? Yeah. You know how I said in the beginning of my career, that ICWF match, we defended tag titles that we never actually won? Yeah. I somehow became OAW heavyweight champion from a match that never happened. So, apparently, just like Pat Patterson winning the IC title, I apparently must have had an OAW heavyweight title match in Rio de Janeiro or something. That's where all the mysterious matches win. You know, go on where people win titles. Yeah, for some reason, that that's where the ghost matches happen. Right. So, I don't know. So, like, you know, when people say, well, what titles have you won? Have you ever been heavyweight champion? I'm like, I defended the OAW heavyweight title one time, but I put an asterisk beside that because I don't, I don't necessarily count that. Yeah, you know, he... Because, like, it, there was no show ever at all, like... Yeah, he did the same thing to me at the OAW twice. Right. Because you know, we were supposed to unify. That's when OAW was starting to, you know, close up. And um, uh, well, I think it was RPW and OAW had a partnership. And then I was the RPW champion. It was supposed to be a unification match. Right. And I won the title. And somehow Vinny and Shaker had a falling out. Mm-hmm. And he contacted me, wanted me to still be the OEW champ and was supposed to book a match with me and Eddie Insane. But then all that stuff happened with uh, Jay Shaker and that match. Right. That show never happened. Well, see, uh, you know, going back to Vinny, you know, you ever notice like every time Vinny does a quote-unquote partnership with somebody, it always falls through for whatever reason. It's always falling out, right? Right. So... For the majority of us listening that, that have been in a ring with Vinny or have shared a locker room with Vinny or whatever, we know what kind of fucking piece of work we're dealing with there, right? Right. Fucking big-ass fucking pepperoni nipple-looking motherfucker. All right? Here's what people don't know from the RPW days. All right? So, when he was booking, like, the schools and shit like that, right? Yeah. You know, we're... People would pay money and then come watch the fucking wrestling. During the time that I was out of RPW, okay? You want to know how I knew there was always an RPW show? How? Because about 10.30 at night, my phone would go off and I'd get a text message or a phone call. Hey, you want to go out to eat? And I'd go, well, I ain't got no money. Well, I didn't ask you that. Do you want to go out to eat? So he'd take me my wife at the time, 
the kids. We'd all go in, we'd go eat. And Vinny would front the bill. Like, he, he'd, he'd pay for his family and his in-laws, and, and he'd pay for my family, right? Yeah. Well, then after after about two or three months of this, I started putting two, two together, and I'm like, wait a minute. You had a show tonight, right? Yeah, yeah. No, fuck this. I, 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 I'm, I'm not hungry. Well, why not? I'm like, because I, I know you're not paying the fucking boys, and what you're doing is you're taking the money that you could be putting in their fucking hands, and you're trying to put it in my fucking stomach. And sorry, you know, I'm all for free food. You know that. But the fucking yeah, problem I, is I'm not about fucking the boys. You know, I'm, I'm all about the guys in the locker room. I'm one of the guys right. in the locker room. Even if I'm not in the fucking company, I'll, I'll do what I can to, to help out the boys. Yeah. You yeah. Know, you know, and, and given my track record with past promotions, you know, it's few and far between. I made a promoter that I'm like, I like this guy. The, the only promoter I can say that I've, I've, I've met and I actually like on, upon meeting him is Brad. Letchfield. Yeah. Every other promoter that I've met or I've talked to, I, like, it's always like, sure, face value, you're telling me this, but in my brain, I'm thinking, yep, you, you're probably a shady motherfucker too. You know, and I'm, th- I, you know, I, I've never wrestled for TWA, but I'm thankful for, for Brad and TWA because, you know, two of the guys that I helped train, you know, they're, they're, they're getting, they're getting runs. They're getting, they're getting bookings. Yeah. And I've said it before because I worked one show for Brad. He is the best promoter in the state of Ohio. He's the promoter who looks up for the boys. I mean, he knows the business. He, he books right. He does the storylines right. Right, but if you got an idea, he'll actually listen to you, and he will work with you, one way or another, working an angle in or, or something. Right. Well, hell, after I left RPW, right, um, I was having I was having issues uh, with with my foot, and yeah, I'm getting ready to uh, go have several months, right? Right. And. You know, at the time, you know, I've always had back issues, right? And, you know, for, for years, all I ever knew was I had scoliosis. So, yes, newsflash, everybody, I wrestled for 15 fucking years with scoliosis. Well, it turns out that I had more than that shit wrong. Like, I, I got, I've got scoliosis, spondylosis, my fucking T2, T7 never fully developed, extra vertebrae in my spine. So, somehow, with a fucked up neck and back, I was still working circles around guys with perfectly fine bodies. Yeah. Now, if anybody can fucking explain that shit, let me know, because I haven't figured it out. But, uh, you know, going back to when I was out of RPW, uh, there was one day I, I just happened to run into Vinny and his wife. Right. And the, only, and the only question I got asked was, have you thought about coming back? And the only thing I said was, yeah, I've thought about it, you know, but not where I'm at right now, but I've, I've, you know, I've given it thought. That was all that was said about it. Well, they were having a show in Byesville at the, the elementary school there across from McDonald's, right. right? 
So I'm at work that night. My wife sends me a text and she says, hey, you know that show they got going on? Yeah. You're booked on it. The fuck you mean I'm booked on it? So she sends me a copy of the thing they had on Facebook, right? Yeah. So it has my name on it. So I immediately get a hold of them and I was like, hey, I didn't agree to do your fucking show. All I said was I thought about coming back. I didn't say I was. Yeah, well. That's not a, hey, throw me on your fucking card. So I told him, I said, tell you what, since you don't want to fucking listen, you just want to throw me on a card. Even though the building is literally less than five minutes from my house, you put 20 bucks in my hand to drive the five minutes, I'll come work your fucking show. And in, in all their magical fucking knowledge of business in any sense, they released a fucking public statement on Facebook for everyone to read stating that nobody in RPW gets paid. Good fucking job, and now you wonder why nobody's going to want to come work for you. You just told everybody nobody's getting fucking paid, to dipshit. Yeah. I remember that day because before you got a hold of them, you got a hold of me. If you remember right. And asked if you were, I'm like, yeah, you're so I asked him, where are you? And you said, uh, Ben Delmar's going to do the show. Right. Then that's when you hung up with me and you got a hold of them. And and the thing with Vinny, you know, he's, like I said, he's, he, he's, he's dangerous in the ring. Pull a, a decent match out of him, but you got to, you got to keep that shit simple as fucking. You got to make sure you're in fucking control of that shit. Right. Uh, you know, anybody knows me. I, I've always, I've always worked with a free strikes rule, which is, you know, hey, I get it. If you're new or whatever, you know, shit happens in the ring. All right, there's gonna be times where you throw a punch and it don't get pulled right. You kind of, you, you know, you kind of clock somebody a little bit. That, that yeah. happens. All right, first time, hey, all right, accident, it's cool. Second time, I'm gonna question it a little bit. The third time it happens, I'm probably going to smear your fucking nose across your face. And then I'm going to stretch the fuck out of you. I don't give a fuck what the finish was. You know what? Let me, let, let's, we, we, we can backtrack that to fucking favors and try to fuck <laughs> over the show after he won the title. Yeah. Ain't that the one I repped? Yeah, because that was uh, after that show he won the title, he told the fans, because they were all excited he won, he told them not to come to the next show because he was dropping it. So then the promoter calls me and said, hey, you're a shooter, right? So here's the deal. And then he tells me what happened. So he's like, we're going to change it a little bit. We're going to let him keep the title. But as soon as that happens, I want you in the ring. Shut the fuck out of him. All right, boss. Patch ended. I hop in the ring. I'm a heel. He's a baby face. He don't know what the fuck is going on. And I go to shake his hand. You know, I'm trying. Hey, feed me your hand. Let me get a hold of you, right? And he's all like, he's backing away. He ain't shaking my hand. So then he goes to give me a kick. I know self, motherfucker. I just keep walking toward him. He kicks me again. I snatch that motherfucker up. I hit it with probably the fastest snap suplex I've ever done in my life. Knocked the fucking wind out of him. Tied the motherfucker up like a pretzel. And then you, you're sitting there, I'm cranking on him. And you're going, I don't think you're stretching him enough. 
<laughs> and I'm like, just ring the fucking bell. And you're looking at me, and he's like, you're like, man, his face is beat red. He's he can't scream. Is I don't think you're stretching him enough. Fine, so I fucking crank on his floor. I'm like, ring the fucking bell. You lean back, you give up. You come back to me with a big shit eating grin and go, I don't think you're stretching him enough. <laughs> and I'm like, just ring the fucking bell. So finally, you ring the bell. You hand me the belt. I didn't want the fucking belt, right? I just doing what the boss man told me. So I take the belt. I drop it in the ring. I go in the locker room. And I just look at everybody in the locker room. And I'm like, hey, guys, there's a belt out there in the ring. Battle Royal. Last guy to stay in the ring can have the fucking belt. Whatever. Next thing you know, that whole fucking locker room just rushes into the ring. Everybody's wondering what the fuck's going on. Now we just got this big impromptu fucking melee and I'm just chilling in the back taking my gear off like, yep, I don't give a fuck. My job's done. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I think Devin Station ended up walking out, taking that belt home. Well, see, uh, you know, I, I know like a lot of guys, they, they, they always talk about, you know, IWA. I was never in IWA, right? But right. I've heard so much about IWA. And when all that shit was going down, I feel like I was in IWA without ever fucking stepping foot there. Because when stupid shit would go down, I'd get a phone call from Hex and Connor, right? Like, wait till you hear this shit. Needless to say, they got a whole lot of what the fuck from me, all right? Because, you know, Caleb and Brenda both. Neither one of them should have ever been on-screen character. You know, and then I always heard, like, Brenda would fucking stiff people because she didn't know how to fucking do anything. But then, God forbid, anybody tried to do anything to her. It don't fucking work that way. If medically or personally, whatever the fuck, you think you can't get anything in return, you don't dish fucking shit out to anybody. I don't give a fuck who you are. I don't care if you run the company or not. But, you know, as far as Caleb goes, Jesus Christ. Give me a second. I'm going to take a shot of Jack for this. I'll give you my fucking honest opinion on that. So as far as Caleb yeah, goes, the only thing I see... Yeah, like uh, the only thing I see when I when whenever I would watch a Caleb match, if you want to call it that, okay? Like he came out and he got a fucking ring. But to me, like that is a fat, useless BDSM leather wearing shit stain on the fucking business. All right. Motherfucker can't work. Like I I've I've heard stories. He claims his first match ever was with King Kong Bundy. Motherfucker, get your head out of your ass. You ain't never been in the ring with no fucking King Kong Bundy. And that definitely wasn't your first fucking match. They ain't going to be like, hey, kid, you don't know fuck all. So go get in the ring with this guy. And if they did, it was a fucking SD Jones moment. And that motherfucker got squashed. But, you know, on top of that, like, you know, you know that whole fucking, that wedding storyline bullshit that they had going on? 
Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. That part I was still there for. Okay, so correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't the person that he was kayfabe marrying, isn't that like his daughter or some shit in real life? Yes. Okay, so here's what I think should have happened. A, what the fuck on that, you stupid fuck. Secondly, here's what I think should have happened. When they got out there to do the wedding, instead of it getting interrupted, I think everybody should have just fucking hung back. Let him get all the way to the point of, you may now kiss the bride, and let's see what the fuck happens. Fuck interrupting it. Let's see what this motherfucker does. Because that stupid fuck, it, rather than giving the spot to people who could work a good match, nope, I'm going to do this wedding that nobody gives a fuck about. Why? Because I think I'm fucking special. Because I'm the guy in charge, so therefore I must be fucking important. The fucking storyline. There are times where shit can make sense. But when you got a motherfucker like Gad who's trying to get over a storyline of somebody being kidnapped that nobody fucking knows, on top of, I'm going to marry this person who, God forbid, I hope nobody realizes is my fucking daughter in real life. I'm going to somehow get this over. Get the fuck out of here, you stupid fuck. Take your fucking long hair and choke yourself with it. All right? <laughs> and then, you know, you're doing, you know, RPW 3.0, right? Man, I saw yeah. a picture of the fucking Vito bad guy and he had like a gas mask on and I don't know, some kind of plastic chest shield looking fucking thing. Like, like nobody wants to see your fucking Dollar General fucking BDSM wearing motherfucker. You, you remember you remember Mad Max, right? Yes. Okay, you remember the big dude Lord Humongous and then Sid became Lord Humongous in wrestling? Yes. Based on based on the fucking gas mask bullshit fucking gear, and then it just his body type in general. Because I think the only time he's seen a fucking gym, just like Caleb Copper, is the only time they fucking walked five five blocks past the motherfucker to get the Dunkin' Donuts. But I think Emma over here when he's wearing a gas mask, he should be he should just be Lord Hummus because he looks like he fucking ate twenty thousand gallons of it to get that fucking body shape. All right, and who the fuck books it's going to be me against fucking Wolverine? Are you shitting me? I realize kayfabe's fucking dead, but give me a fucking break. We're supposed to, you know, let the crowd know, hey, this is a fight. They're supposed to, you know, leave reality for a little bit and engross themselves in the product. And you got some motherfucker coming out dressed as Wolverine. And like the cartoon fucking version of Wolverine. Like, fuck that, okay? I'd rather watch fucking Spider-Man and Bonesaw. Fuck it. (laughs) There are certain people that would do the world a favor if they just get out of the fucking business. Like, let's be honest here. All right? And people can think I'm an asshole all fucking day. You know what? Thank you for that. I've never fucking denied it. But I'm not a fucking moron. I know shit that works and I know shit that doesn't. And I know some bad shit when I see bad shit. And I'm going to call you on the fucking bad shit. 
You know, like I said, uh, like literally, like those guys, they did the closest thing that they've ever gotten to like probably physical activity, especially Caleb, is probably like he rubbing Crisco on his body to squeeze his fucking fat ass in them leather pants. All right. The closest thing they've had to like athletic anything was they probably got an accidental case of jock itch in eighth grade gym class. Because I guarantee them motherfuckers sat out on gym class because they had a fucking hangnail or some shit. If he can't work, if he don't have a, a good fucking look, you know, I, I some, some looks are bad. But Jesus Christ, get some real fucking gear, okay? I can't, I can't stress enough. Everybody else can't stress it fucking enough. Go get some fucking gear. I don't care. I don't care if you had to order it, you know, from, like, I ordered my shit from Mexico. But you can go to fucking high spots or something. You can just get basic gear and just get something. Because you got plenty to get some custom shit. Right. But no. Get something that's going to fit your character, like mine with the camel pants and everything. I mean, that's, I'm the right. American redneck. My gear fits my gimmick, my character. Although, although I I gotta say, man, you yeah. for, for years, man, you've been you've been like the distant cousin to Larry the Cable Guy with with your gear sometimes, but get cut off, cut off oh, with in, them fucking yeah. shorts, and then it's like I don't know if this guy's going to wrestle me or tell me a joke, maybe both. But I'll tell you what, yeah, that was the early days. I, that was you know rookie right. year, and but you know it it, it evolved. Now, uh, you know, you know, going back to to the rookie year thing, like when when I think ICWF and I think of you, two things come to mind. Was one, you got a broken finger from a chair shot, and two, was that fucking street fight we had where we we went to the back and dumped water on my head, put a toilet seat around my neck, and you drug me back out of the ring by the toilet seat. <laughs> yeah, well, we rode together. We stopped at Walmart and bought that right? toilet seat. <laughs> but you know, the fans ate it up as soon as I pulled you back through the right. curtains. And and that's the thing, like I mean, they you all know, like a, a like a lot of guys these days, man. Whether it's character or whatever, right? Either hey, everybody wants to be a badass, or everybody wants to be a dark character, or bullshit, or whatever, right? Right. Uh, if if you ain't got if if you ain't like six foot fucking seven, you ain't towering over motherfuckers. And and you know you're not fucking just jacked. Like, sorry, I, I'm not I'm not buying you as the super badass and I'm not buying you as a dark character that you got magical fucking powers. Right? But right. you know, aside from that, it's like like I always tell people like you know, if, if I go to describe JT Storm as a character, okay, yeah, I'm a heel, okay, but I don't go out there and do just the cheap either, like all oh, you people suck. No, fuck that. I, you know me, I'll push an envelope as far as I can fucking go. And again, if I if I get fucking attacked by a fan, if I cause a riot, cool, I did my job. Top it. You know, I don't care, you know, in this area, you know, 
you know, food stamps and things like that, you know, those types of things are, are real, right? There's, you know, there's quite a few people on it. Right. There's nothing wrong with getting help. But when I'm in character, you know, I've told this town before that, that you know, they all try to tell me I sucked or whatever. And I flat out got on the microphone and told them, I suck. Why don't you look yourself in the mirror? Because each and every one of you probably sold your food stamps to buy a ticket to come see me. You took food out of your kid's mouth to come see me. But apparently I suck. You know, tips to everybody that's healed. Find something that's relatable in real life and use that against them. But, you know, the whole JT Storm character, I took everything that I legitimately despised about people in real life and just threw that into the personality of the character. You know, it's like, yep. hey, if I could take this attribute of somebody that I've met in real life and it instantly made me want to in the face, cool. I can do that to a crowd. And we're good to go. You know, it got to the point where all they had to do was cue up my music. Crowd started booming before I was through the fucking curtain. Me and Christian Steele had a match where we did we in the back. We were like, let's do heel versus heel. And just because I was the guy across the ring, they cheered him. Even after he did rendition of the Canadian National Anthem. They were booing him until I got called to the ring, and then magically they loved him. All because I'm the guy across the ring. Yeah, I remember that. You know, it, it's not hard to get over if just finding what works. And stick to it. Don't keep changing your shit. You know, JT Storm in a nutshell, the cocky, arrogant prick. When the, when the guy that I have a problem with isn't around, I'm the baddest motherfucker walking the planet, but as soon as he fucking gets in my face, hey, I have never had an issue with you. I, I have always admired everything you've done. I think you are a top-notch human being. And then as soon as they leave, like, good thing he left, because I'd have killed him. We all know that. He'd have been in the hospital. <laughs> you know, you got to be the pussy foot heel, and you can't, you can't get your fucking pride and ego in the way and be like, I can't do that because it's embarrassing. Motherfucker, I, just because I wanted a haircut and didn't want to pe- spend money for it. Me, me and JJ, when he was doing uh, martial law, we had a hair versus mask match. Yeah, that was in um, Chandlersville. Yes. And that's one of my favorite matches because, you know, it was just fun to work. And then the crowd ate up the fact that I'm screaming like a bitch. And Joe and JJ are holding me down, shaving my head in the middle of the fucking ring. And I, you know, I try to escape and I'm running to the back with half a haircut. And then we get in the back and, you know, we finish up the haircut and then I go back out with a towel over my head. I don't want these people to see me like this. You know, then somebody rips the towel off. I freak out again. You know, fuck, I, I, I have, when uh, when we were doing RPW and shit, I'd go to the radio station, just like you did. And I started a feud on air with their DJ. <coughs> and, you know, like, we, we'd go back and forth every time I was up there. And so we built it up to, we were originally going to have a match between me and him. 
but then he had to have surgery and stuff. So we were like, okay, you can, you can pick somebody to take your spot, right? Right. So he does, and and I and on air on the radio just to try to get people to come see it was I flat out I put it out there on the line for everybody to hear, and I said, if you or whoever you can find manages to somehow beat me, which we all know is not going to happen. Then from that point on, I will wrestle wearing a dress until I finally win. We, me and uh, me and Max Justice have a have a match. I lose the next show. I come out in just my basketball shorts and stuff, and somebody comes out like, "Hey, hey, hey! You forgot this. And here's a purple dress with some sequins on it. That's not mine." Play it off, so I, you know, I, all of a sudden I begrudgingly I'm putting putting this dress on, and hey, I had to fucking wrestle a match wearing this fucking shiny purple dress. It is what it is. It's fucking entertainment, all right. If I'm the heel, it's not just my job to piss people off. It's it's my job to get my come up and for that crowd to fucking rag on me, make fun of me because I look like a jackass. Because I fucking wrote it, you know, I let my mouth write a check, my ass couldn't cash. People are always going to come see that shit. Nobody wants to come and see a badass versus a badass. Right. So with your back problems now, so are you officially retired from the sport? Uh, it's, it's kind of in limbo at the moment. Um, right now I say, I say I'm, I'm done pending results. Uh, I have to, uh, go get MRIs on my neck, back and my shoulder. Uh, as of right now, the chiropractor, my main doctor, and then the sports doctor, they're all telling me, no, don't, you know, don't go get in a wrestling ring. But once again, I've, I've, I've done it for 15 years. Ain't really going to be a whole lot different now. Might be a little bit older, might be a little bit slower, I don't know. But, uh, you know, they're they're telling me this. I I know the sports doctor, when he looked at the x-rays on my neck and back, he was just staring at it going, I don't even know what to say because I've never seen anything like this. My chiropractor's telling me he's heard of people having one or two of what I have, but never having someone have everything that I have all at once. Uh, so right now I'm looking at more of if I can't get in the ring and work, then, you know, maybe, maybe commentator, maybe manager, maybe pull Bobby Heenan and do both. You know, we, 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 uh, we did that tag match in F1P in October, 2019. I had a blast on that. Yeah. I remember that's the match I wanted to see. It was you and Joe Black. Against Chris Hex and uh, Derek Flint, right? I think that was the match of the night. Well, I appreciate that, but uh, the, the fun part for me on that match was the was the couple months building up to that match because you know I trained Hex, I rode his ass every time he fucked up in the ring, doing his fucking right side of headlock bullshit like we're in Japan. So, me and him would be talking on the phone, and he'd be like, man, I'm nervous. Why? He's, 
Because if I fuck up, you're going to stress the shit out of me in front of a whole bunch of people. Well, yeah, you're probably right, but we'll get through it. But I kept telling him, you know, hey, it's going to... Working me and Joe is going to be the easiest night of work you've ever had in your life. And the next day after that show, I remember he called me up and he's like, what the fuck? And I'm like, what? And he's like, I have never wrestled a 30-minute match before. He's like, well, there's singles or tag. He's like, what the fuck? And I was like, you're welcome. Like, we were just, we were just doing our thing, man. Like, Yeah, I went with 30 minutes, but you guys kept the fans or the fans entertained. And you know, that, was, that was the first time, you know, for me, I don't know about Joe, but that's the first time for me being in the ring with uh, uh, Hex and Flint. And I enjoyed working both of those guys. Yeah, and like, uh, as far as now, if I go into managing, you know, since I can't, at the moment, had my spot in New Age Impact with Joe. Right. Uh, the plan is to throw in my alternative and then I'll manage them, which my alternative is my old other tag team partner, Brandon Morgan. Which I think them two could uh, do good together. Right? You know, I always throw this riddle out and it's really funny. I've always been JT Storm. I tried to change my name one time and you and everybody else told me that's not happening. You're, you're, you're JT Storm and that's it. So I stuck with it. Thank God I listened. But, uh, you know, like, I've been a part of three tag teams, right? Right. Three three tag teams. Each of my partners all have different names, but I've only ever teamed up with two guys. Yeah. I teamed up with you one time, and, well, we know how that worked out, because I, be I can't be a baby face, bud. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, RPW 1.0. Uh-huh. The Enforcers. You know, at the time, maybe Buckshot Jones was the number one fan favorite, number two. Right. Switched back and forth between, you know, Buckshot and Brimstone. Buckshot and Brimstone, everybody seen were best friends. Always had each other's back. When someone needed save, the other one would save the other one. Right. Whose idea was it for the Enforcers? And who and how did you come about choosing the four members? Uh, me and Joe came up with the Enforcers. Uh, I, I, I remember uh, this way before WWE Network. Uh, but me and Joe would just sit and we would watch all these Ric Flair videos and all these Horseman videos, right? Right. And we were just like, that's that's what that's what wrestling is missing right now. Is like, you know at the time was a good heel faction. You know that, that wasn't like. Oh, we're gonna do this for a little bit, but you know, do it for the long haul and get it established, right? Right. So we're like, all right, so who would we have in? Well, we couldn't get a hold of Brandon at the time because he was one of the guys that we wanted in there too. So since we couldn't get a hold of him anyway, we knew we wanted to try to turn you heel because you'd gone so long as a babyface. Maybe this would be like a Hogan thing. Crowd's never seen it. It's something different. Right. And then for the fourth guy, it was like, you know, we, we wanted, like, okay, we got three established guys here, so maybe we'll take one of the green guys and try to work with him. So we're going down the list, and 
it was hard getting somebody to really fit. And we're like, well, Vinny's got the size. Kind of like how Sid Vicious had the size. Maybe we could work something like that. So that's how the group got formed. And, you know, during that time was when Vinny was still listening, right? And and things were going good, you know. Guys worked him and they, they didn't mind working him. They kind of liked it, you know. Right. But it all back to he was listening. But then, you know, as time went on, it was like, I wanted to do something different of, you always see him in the horsemen where the rest of the group turns on Flair. You never seen Flair turn his back on the horsemen. Right. So I, okay, so if I'm the leader and we're a heel group, I wonder, can I separate myself from the group and still remain a heel? Or is the crowd going to try to turn me babyface? So we did the split with me from the group, right? Right. They turned all you guys babyface. Yeah. It didn't matter apparently what I did. I'm just a terrible human being, I guess, and they just like the boobie. And when we was, you know, deciding my turn, you know, I was kind of skeptical. I'm like, all right, let's do this. See if it will, you know, maybe take me to a higher, you know, direction. Right. Nobody needs well, see, I, I When I turned on Brim, Brimstone, didn't even know. Only ones that knew was me, you, Joe, Vinny, and Shaker, because Shaker was doing creative well, see, at the end, at the end of that, after the whole, after you attacked Brimstone, because Vinny was supposed to leave the title on Brimstone for a while, right? Right. So you turned, so automatically, you know, that makes Brimstone the top babyface. I'm already established as the top heel, so logically, you would put me versus Brimstone, and you know, me and Brimstone, we've had multiple matches where we tore this shit down. Right. <clears throat> So, at the end of, you know, attacking him, you know, I had the OAW heavyweight title at the time, but, you know, on the video, I go and I pick up the RPW heavyweight title, too, and I stand above Brimstone, and I just hold him up in the air. Here, I'm giving, I'm giving you all the tools, up, and this shit's right in itself. All you got to do is book it. Right. Never fucking happened. Next thing you know, boom, title's off Brimstone. Me and Brimstone ain't even working. Yeah. I mean, and I think after that's when the trouble started with RPW with the downfall of it. Right. You know, and I, and I always, you know, I always appreciated the compliment, but, you know, you used to always tell me, like, you know, you, you're, you're, the, you're the best worker to never be heavyweight champion. And then Jay yeah. Shaker, you know, when we were working for him, you know, he he told me a couple times on the phone. In his opinion, I was the best technical wrestler in the area at the time. You know, and yeah, I, I, I can do I can do the flippy shit. But I'm not constantly on the flippy shit, you know, and and that's the other thing that, you know, a lot of guys gotta learn today is just because you can do the flippy shit don't mean you gotta do the flippy shit. Less is more. I can give two fucks how many somersaults you can do in the air before you hit the ground. Okay? 
I'll, t- I'll, you can sit there and be like, look at this flashy move that I did. And for, for a brief moment, the crowd's going to be like, oh, wow, that was awesome. Nobody's going to care five minutes later. Once you go out there and have a good match, take the crowd on a ride up and down. Yeah. You know, get them, get them, get them to think that the, that the baby face, he's going to win. And, the, you know, the fucking heel he's finally going to get it. And boom, that fucking heel cheats and come off. Now they're back down again. You know, now they're they're interacting. They're screaming for the big face to get up. They're bitching at the ref because he didn't fucking reprimand the heel for cheating because he didn't see it. That's when yeah, that, I mean, that's when you do your shit, you know. It, it's, it, it, it's like Al Snow says, all right? Just because they make noise doesn't mean you're over. It's like fucking. You can slip her 10 inches of dick. She's screaming like a banshee. You think you're giving it all she's got, but the fact is you're really just leaning on her tit about to rip it off. <laughs> doesn't mean that it's yeah, yeah, just I mean, noise. No, 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 no. Prove that. Either I was working you, I was working Christian Steele, Cambridge Armory. Uh... You know, now cheating, you know, I was getting, you know, always doing something dirty on me. Right. Referee didn't see it. There's one guy in the front crowd stood up, taking the shirt off because he's getting ready to charge the ring. Mm-hmm. The security had to, you know, make him put his shirt back on and set him back down. Well, so, so you're right. Because I had to look down and turn my head because I started laughing. Right. Well, speaking of, speaking of ICWF, Cambridge Armory. And laughing. Uh, do you remember Exotic Eddie V? Yeah. So we're in that battle royal, right? He's green as a goose shit, okay? So me and him pair off. We're going. And I say, inverted atomic drop, right? Yeah. His response is, what's that? So uh, you're about to find out. So I pick him up and boom. He goes on the ground. He's clutching his nuts. He's got the most ungodly, painful look on his face. And I'm thinking, whoops, I must have actually nutted him, right? So I get down, I start punching the check on him. He's selling. I'm thinking, shit, I fucking, I just hurt him, right? Right. His face is beat red. He's got the, like, I'm thinking he's about to cry. And, you know, he, if, if he's convincing me that he's hurt, I know he's convincing the crowd, right? Right. So I'm punching him. And I'm like, are you okay? And this motherfucker. Goes from his eyes clenched and in pain and screaming to he goes like this. He's like, oh, oh, and then he gets perfectly fine. He just stops selling. Straight face looks at me and goes, yeah, I'm good. And then goes back to, oh. <laughs> and I'm laughing. Split second, he went straight face and I'm good. And then back to screaming. So, like, <laughs> I'm like, now I'm laying on top of him, burying my face, laughing, going, you stupid fuck. Don't stop selling. Just tell me you're okay. <laughs> Shit. And we get in the back and he goes, man, that was fun. And I was like, yeah, it was. Don't ever fucking do that no-sell bullshit again. You can sit there and scream and just nod your head or something, but Yeah, I remember. Yeah, the enforcer, I remember. After it came out and we did my we did my turn and Jojo Little, JT Hogg, and Bryce Bennett said it's not going to work. 
You turn a buckshot hill, it's not going to work. He is too over right. in this area. And they end up being right. Well, okay. I could go out there, you know, shoot, you know, scream obscenities to the fans, and I still get popped. So, uh, getting, brim, getting brimstone booed. And I just turned on the guy. He's getting booed. Rob Johnson was probably one of the bigger faces after I turned. He's getting booed. But you know, you know that specifically the was, you turned, they used to tell me. I remember we'd go, we'd be walking out to the ring, right? And you'd be telling me this in the back, and you'd tell me all the way to the yep. ring. And you'd be like, "I'm uncomfortable. I've never been mean to anybody like this before. I don't like them booing me. I'm uncomfortable, and I'm just like, you're gonna be fine, kid. Just keep doing it. Like the, they'll hate you from association with me. Maybe it'll rub off." Because I remember, you know, like, we gave you the sunglasses. We're like, here, just wear these after the race. That way nobody, no, nobody sees your eyeballs. They can't tell <laughs> what the fuck's going on here. And you just walk out there straight-faced and don't touch yeah, me so and blah, 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 blah. But then the whole time you're near me or Joe, and you're like, man, this is, this is uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, and it got to the point where they, they just kept on cheering. And so the decision was do the double turn. Brimstone, turn heel, was on the enforcers, and I technically was still in, but right, you know, I was well, on my way out. Yeah, OWO shows. And once again, you you were at the Shaker shows, right? Like at the bar. Okay, you remember how Johnny Bench yes. was the commissioner or whatever the fuck? So me and Brandon and yeah. JoJo and and Alex, we're going over our match, right? Because we got this. They wanted us to do this. Barroom brawl, fucking hardcore tag team match. So we're going over our shit, right? And I, I remember uh, Johnny's supposed to go out next and cut this big promo thing, right? And he comes stumbling back through the curtain. Right. He's he, he's fucking sixteen sheets in the wind at this point. He don't know fuck. So Jesse's trying to tell him, you know, what needs to be said, right? How, what what he needs to talk about in the promo. And this drunk motherfucker proceeds to cut his promo in the locker room to the wrestlers. And Jeff cuts him off and he's like, don't tell it. Go out in the fucking room yeah. and say it. And I remember JoJo looking at me and going, why the fuck's he trying to work the workers? I don't fucking know, bud. We're just having a match. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you what. In OWO. Like there was there was some more weird shit that I don't know why all the weird shit happens to me. But there was one time we were supposed to do a triple threat tag team match. You remember this? You and X Factor against Jojo and Alex. And it was supposed yeah, to be we, me and Brandon. Yeah, me and Brandon we couldn't get a hold of him. He ended up having to work and get he he couldn't answer his phone, right? So I'm thinking, well, it's an elimination match. I'll just go out by myself. I'll get eliminated. Like I'll do all my shit with everybody, and then I'll get eliminated, right? No, 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 you got to have a partner. I don't need a right. partner. Well, fine. Let me, let me, I'll choose a partner if you think I need one. How about Admiral Payne? No, no, he's got another match. What about, what about JJ? No, he's got a ref it. Well, fuck. Like, I'll let me just go up by myself. So we're working out spots, me and JoJo and all that shit, right? And next thing you know, here comes Jesse. Hey, man, got your tag team partner. Yeah. Who is it? It's going to be J.T. Storm and the Mystic Ninja. 
Jesse, what the fuck is a Mr. Which is Mix? Mike Howerton. And here comes Emmy yeah. Howerton in a fucking karate gi and a mask. And he comes up to me and he starts, oh, 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 oh. And I'm just looking at him and I look at JoJo and I'm thinking, the fuck is this shit? Like, me, me and Brandon Morgan, we're, we're supposed to be Rockstar Inc. How the fucking Rockstar, yeah. quote yeah. unquote, guys, you know, like, yeah, I found this fucking ninja at the 7-Eleven. He's, he's my new bodyguard. And then he starts, like, calling these bots. And he starts going, he starts calling these big fucking elaborate names. And me and JoJo look at each other, look at him, and we're like, break it down here. We don't know fucking code words here, buddy. Just, what do you got? So then he's like, oh, he goes, well, the ropes and I blind tag. When he comes off the ropes, you drop down. He goes over you. I drop down. He goes over me. When he hits the ropes, he comes back. I pop up and we collide. And we're like, so why didn't you just say a double drop down and then we're going to run into each other? Well, you know, that's what we're doing. Okay, fine. But then me and Joe just look at each other going, that doesn't make any fucking sense because I'm a baby face. Why the fuck would the baby faces look like jackasses are running into each other? I get that we're not going to get along because we've never teamed before. And I get there's going to be some discrepancies there. I don't want to be teamed with him. I want my partner, right? You know, right. I'm quote-unquote embarrassed like, yeah, I got this fucking Mystic Ninja guy. We'll see what happens. But we're not the heels, so why the fuck... And that, and that, to this day, that is literally that is the only tag match. Well, the only match ever it was X Factor. I did my shit with JoJo. I walked over to the Mystic Ninja. I gave him a tag, and I said, "It's all you." And I went. To- yeah. And that's when the shit started with X Factor and uh, so-called Mystic Ninja. Yeah, yeah, that X Factor fucking stiffed him, and that fucking little ninja dude was like, "Yes, yes, you stiffed me for the last time, you son of a bitch!" Fucking front X Factor almost fucking choked him out. Yeah, I remember I going in, you know, the referee's doing a count, so I. I'm going to break right. it up. I kicked him. He did not sell. I'm looking over at JoJo and Ace, and I'm like, so, you know, JoJo finally came in and, you know, broke it up, but damn. I mean, he, how has been in the business long enough? He knew Jody was greener than goose shit, and he should have known. Right. Things are going to happen. Yeah, Jody's a big boy. X Factor was a big boy. So, you know, hell, I, I took a choke slam from him in a battle royal, and I ended up having to go to the hospital that that evening and get yeah. X-rays. Yeah, I mean, he, he's a big guy, right? He's a strong guy. Oh, trust me, when he's he hit me that choke slam, he he bounced me like a fucking basketball. Like I come down, and I hit, and I hit with so much force that I flipped over onto my stomach. Like he he didn't he didn't guide me down. He fucking he tried to slam dunk me through the center of the ring. 
<laughs> but you know, like you know, things happen. Part of the business. You're, you're gonna, you're yeah. gonna, you, you know, it's not all going to be fucking perfect. You're going to have bad nights at the office. It is what it is. You know, everybody likes to say it's not ballet. Well, yeah, it's not. Might as well, you know, we're, we're fucking human crash test dummies. You know, and for, for everybody that likes to throw out the F word, be like, oh, wrestling's fake. Every person that's ever said that to me, to my face, I managed to coerce them into letting me give them one chop. And they no longer tell me it's fake after the chop. Yeah, I hate that F word. Like, yeah, really? And I always tell them, I was like, if, if that's not enough proof for you, cool. Let me go grab a metal folding chair and let me hit you across the back and tell me how you, how, how fake it feels. Tell the, tell the fact that I have a partially torn meniscus, uh, a dislocated knee, uh, 14 stitches in one eyebrow, 11 stitches in another, three stitches on top of my head, a concussion, two layers of, uh, well, I take it back, three concussions, two layers of medical super glue to close up my forehead, a tooth through my lip. My nose is slightly crooked now from a missile drop kick. Go ahead. Tell tell tell, tell my doctor bills and shit that yeah, it's all fake, bud. Yeah. With both my shoulders and both my knees, my left hip and two concussions, yeah, it's right. fake. Dumb son bitch. Hey, after that guy hit me with that chair and I got that concussion from that one? Yeah. The next day, I, I was back at my regular job, and it was glorious. They told me to train some new person. Thank hmm. God she caught on quick, because I remember sitting there looking at the quality guy going, hey, see them big labels over there? Yeah, I got, I got no fucking clue what that says. It's just a big black and white blur. I'm going to sit down. And I spent my eight hours sitting on my ass telling that lady, you're doing a fine job. How's she doing? I guess she's all right. Shit's not fucked up. I'm still here. But you know, it, it, it is what it is. You, you you sign up knowing ahead of time, hey, it's going to hurt, and you got a good shot of getting hurt. You know, but, but a lot of times, you know, it's 50% miscalculation sometimes because it is what it is. It's not perfect. We don't get to do retakes. Uh, yeah, I mean, but and other times it's you get a guy who says he's trained and he can do things. Well, sure, great. Uh, that's awesome that you can hit a moonsault from the top rope. But can you hit it consistently? Can you hit that moonsault ten out right. of ten? Because if you can't hit that moonsault ten out of ten, you ain't taking it. And and case in point, Robbie Rampage he used to do that that moonsault flash off the top. I, I, I watched him hit it sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I watched him overshoot it. I watched him undershoot it. I was like, that that moves a little too fucking sketchy for me, right? Well, we're right. in a match. He says moonsault. He don't give me time to respond. He just up the top rope. Well, I waited. His feet left the turnbuckle. He started to rotate. I rolled to the turnbuckle. Fuck you, bud. You're going to eat this canvas because I ain't taking that shit. Yeah. Your fucking knee land on my face. Yeah, he gave me the six one nine. There was 
she came with so much momentum, kicked me in my head, and there was right. one of my concussions. You know, but but it, it, it took a while, like, you know, because back then, you know, man, because Robbie was brought in by Jim, right? Okay, so so when yeah. we first met Robbie, you know, you know, Jim's telling, hey, yeah, this kid can do some shit, right? Cool, well, yeah, he can do some shit. But then me and Steele and Joe and everybody else, you know, like you, we, we started noticing, like, he needs to slow the fuck down. And yeah, we all and, told and him that. We got to the point where, like, I'd work him, Steele would work him because, hey, we'll slow you the fuck down. If we get to the point where we think you're going too fast, even if you don't think so, then we're going to hit the fucking brakes on that shit real quick. I don't. Which I will work the boring five minute fucking headlock you've ever seen in your life. We're going to stop for a minute. But she did end up slowing down, and he did. They did improving immensely. So he did finally start to listen, and, and right, he did good. You know, you just you got you got to work with guys because a lot of times the guys are coming in, they're not getting told everything, they're not getting taught. You know how to do things. If you think you're going too fast, slow down. If you think you're going too slow, slow down a little bit more. Because you got to let you got to let shit register with an audience. You know, you you got you can't just right. boom, I hit you, and then before that guy can even sell it, you're back on him hitting him again. You know, it's 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 simple. It's fucking. If if I'm the heel and you're the baby face, I give you a stiff fucking shot to the face. You turn, you get down to the a knee. You're gonna sell your face, and I'm just gonna slowly walk up to you like, yeah, come on, you son of a bitch. And then you're going to try to get up, and I'm going to hit you in the back. And you're going to grab the ropes and sell and move around the ring. Sell to everybody. Not just, hey, I'm going to sit over in this one fucking corner here, you know. But if you get in there with, if you right. get in there with guys that know what the fuck they're doing, you you're can back. have all kinds of fun. I remember me and Brandon Morgan, we wrestled a match one time. And we spent part of that match putting each other in a headlock. Like pointing out, like, "Hey, there's a good-looking girl." Like we weren't even calling the match. We're just like, "Hey, hot chick, what? Front row over here." And then you wrench on that fucking head, like, "You see her? She's wearing the pink shirt." You know? Yeah. You know, back, you know, to that effort, fake. You know, say that to Jesse Outlaw when we right? did that Bell Valley Took show. a perfectly fine body slam from Steel, but something. Something just went goofy, and he, fucking, he couldn't feel shit from the neck down for a while. Because yeah, I mean, he had a previous neck injury from a real over and street over, fight. and there was nothing wrong with that that slam. Yeah, and we watched it on tape over and over and over again. And yeah, because that night he was supposed to turn right face. All you guys in CWO were supposed to be beating him down after the match. Because me and Jesse was in the program, and we were heated rivals. And the one that comes to the saving, one of CWO's biggest rivals, Buckshot Jones. But, yeah, we then the bell rang, and we're like, the fuck? The next thing you know, thank God there was an EMT there and called in the squad. And then I ended up. Freaking rushing to the hospital to sit with Jesse and 
Oh man, that right. that was that, that was scary. Yeah, that Bell Valley show, I got a funny story from there. Russell Rossi, because the following week we were going to the Armory, right? Okay. And at the Armory, I was going to wrestle Rossi for the U.S. title. Right. Well, we do this. Yeah. You remember Rossi's mom, right? So, you know, Rossi's mom, she, she don't pull no yeah. punches in either. You know, she's like to tell you what she thinks. And so she looked at <laughs> me and she uh... goes, are you wrestling my son? I said, yeah. And she, I want to talk to you real quick. So I'm thinking, great. Here comes this don't hurt my baby speech, right? She pulls me off to the side and I said, yeah, what's going on? And she goes, beat the fuck out of him. Went, Wait, what? She goes, ever since he won that fucking U.S. title, he's been a little cocky prick at home. Beat the fuck out of him. Take it from him. I was like, what's well, a non-title match today? I was like, but uh, are you sure about the other part of this deal? She goes, yeah, beat the fuck out of him. Yes, ma'am. So, we get in the ring. You know, you know, Rosie, he likes to work stiff, right? So, every, so it became a right. thing with me and Rosie every time we worked. It would just be in the back instead of, how do you want to work the match? The main question was, what's the opening? What's the finish? What's the couple things you want to do? Now, how stiff do you want them? If you want, if you want to lay into each other, we'll lay into each other. <laughs> Whatever. How do you want to work this match? So, you know, we, we get in there, we just fucking throw potatoes at each other, right? We, we right. get in there. And at one point, I'm on the middle rope, and he's selling up. I'm going to do a sunset flip. So he, he sells toward me. I kick him in the stomach. He don't bend down. He comes back at me again. I kick him in the stomach. He don't bend down. The third time he comes at me, I punted him right in the dick. He bent down real quick. <laughs> I do sunset flip. He get down, he gets, you kicked me in the balls like you didn't fucking do what you're supposed to do twice. So then, we just start fucking potatoing. And then I start chopping the fuck out of him. By the time this match is done, Rousey had been kicked in the balls. He had a uh, black eye. And his chest was bleeding from chops. Yeah, I mean, he and he got off on that. I remember when I was working... We were all riding together, and he wanted me to purposely right. black his eye. I'm like, dude, you know, one of my friends said, I can't do that. He goes, oh, come on. Because my his girlfriend yeah, like at the time, said, I guess she got off me, He's like, man, he goes, the more, the more fucked up you make me look, the black eyes and shit, he goes, man, he gets the more my girlfriend to be all over me. And I'm like, you know, Rousey, back in the day, I used to think you were a major douche. And now you're giving me full permission to just beat the shit out of you. This is a win-win. Yeah, then we, you know, he's in the ring. You and then, you know, over time, you know, with with working that way with him. Yeah, we well, yeah, got to the spot. Yeah, well, and working that way with him, you know, and doing, you know, working them super stiff matches with him. That was Rossi's way of being like, I like you. Because if you wouldn't, if yeah. you wouldn't stiff him and do that shit with him, he'd be like, well, fuck you, man. Like, he, he had this weird fucking, like, measuring yep. stick of, the more the more you beat the fuck out of me, the more I like you. But uh Yeah, so yeah, you tell me to do it. I, I do have to defend myself on one thing. Back and... okay. Uh when Joe was on your podcast, he 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 brought up me breaking his nose. 
from the elbow drop. Yeah. All right. So here's how that yeah, here's okay. how that played out. It was story. a fatal four way match. You were there. Because you were yeah. originally supposed to be in the match, but then you got booked into a different match. I believe that was the same night that you were. If you, if you won, you married a sheep. Yeah. And then you, yeah. yeah, you made yourself lose the match. But uh, so it was a fatal four way. It was me, Marshall Law, Admiral Payne, Johnny Rocket, aka Joe Black, back when he was wearing the mask. Well, the eyes on this mask were like this metal mesh, and he had washed he had washed yes. the mask, and the eyes became kind of rusted looking, so it made it even harder to see. And yeah. right, at, literally right above the ring is this giant fucking light. So, Admiral Payne and Marshall all they're working each other, and they're kind of down. So I get Joe down, and I say elbow. So I go to the top. I climb to the top turnbuckle, and JJ at this point, as I'm climbing, he's laying down in this corner, right? So I yeah. go on the top rope. As I leave the turnbuckle to go do the elbow, JJ starts crawling yes. from the turnbuckle toward Joe. So now I'm in the air, and I'm trying to adjust myself so I don't land on JJ's head and kill him. And the fucking elbow drop. So I managed to clear JJ. And then when I came down from where I had turned in the air, boom, I just, I hit the fucking mat. My body fucking shot over. My ribs smacked Joe in the face. And all I saw to the corner of my eye was blood shoot through the mask. So I hurry up and cover him because at this point my ribs are fucking killing me. Like I can't breathe, right? So I'm like, I'm covering right. him. And he goes, I think he just broke my nose. That's like, I think I broke my ribs. Well, the way the match worked was whoever had the last pinfall at the end of the time limit won the match. Right. Well, it was getting close to the end of the match. We're going to take it home soon. And just in case anybody fucked up, because, you know, we're keeping track. Like, okay, Admiral Payne's supposed to win this. Right now, he's ahead. So I'm covering Joe to ask him if he's all right. The referee gets down the count. Joe. Attention. So I have to literally, I hook his arm and I make him kick out of the back, out of the fucking pen. So I, like me and Joe just lay there like a fucking car wreck. He's grabbing his face. I'm clutching my ribs. And Joe slowly rolls out of the ring, goes to the back. Match ain't even over yet, right? Right. Rolls up. So I start slowly trying to catch my breath and I start going to the ropes. Because I know we ain't involved in the finish. The finish is Admiral Payne and JJ. So I roll out like as the finish is happening. And I go back because I want to check on Joe. So I get in the back and I even I flat out offered him to his face because I felt bad for what happened. I'd never never fucking hurt anybody before. You know, I never fucked Overcompensate somebody else, and that causes. Then we'll be even. And he's like, "No, you know, it's all good." He goes, "It's not the first time my nose has been broke." You know, okay, are you sure? Yeah. 
Well, then, we didn't know this till after the movie. JJ twists his ankle. His fucking shit is just swelled like crazy. Admiral completely strains his back in the match. We all rode together. So the whole ride home, I'm trying to drive, and every time I make a turn, mm. like, it's just killing my ribs. So I'm driving going, your face hurt my ribs. Joe's saying, your ribs hurt my face. JJ in the in the back dying over his ankle. Admiral Payne just crumbled up in a heap because of his back. <laughs> like, we, we beat the shit yeah, out of each other. Yeah, that's because tower suplex, too. Right. And that, that and, and we didn't tell Jay Shaker about it. And I can, and I told everybody, I said, when we hit this tower suplex, I said, I'm on top. I said, I'm going to lay there. I'm not going to move. I said, I'm, I said, I'm not even going to respond to the ref. I was like, I want people to think I legitimately just got knocked the fuck out. Right. Something is wrong. Right. We hit it. Boom. I go fucking limp fish. And. The guy, the referee's like, you know what the fuck? Jay Shaker's literally flipping out on commentary, and JJ crawls over, puts his arm on me. He gets a three count. Admiral Pan crawls over, puts his arm on me. Now he gets a three right. count. Now he's in the lead to win this, right? I still ain't responding to shit. Like they put their arm on me. You good? Yes. Yeah. You know, it's fine. <clears throat> and then Joe and his little arm. Right. Over top of it, right? One, two, I fucking kick out. I roll toward Joe and I go, I'm not letting you pin me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, after that, you know, being out of the business, um, I helped out a little bit with GWF. Um, when that all got started, and you know, when that first got started, I got called by Robbie Rampage just, just to ask if I wanted to wrestle. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't really sure if I wanted to wrestle because I'd been right. out so long. And plus, you know, fucking Vinny, that 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 whole deal's kind of soured me on on wrestling for a while. Um, and then I said, you know, maybe I maybe I have train or something, you know, check it out, whatever. And I remember asking him, I said, well, when do you guys think you're going to have a show? And the date he gave me was only like two or three months from right. the time he called me, right? And I was like, that, that's not enough time. I was like, you know, and, you know, hey, 15 years old, what the fuck do I know, right? Let's just yeah. rush it and have a show, apparently. Well, hindsight being 2020. Uh, but, you know, that's where I met Connor and I met Hex. Then I met Timmy. And Tyler and all them guys. You know that right. class you, you, you talked about. And you know like what, how Connor you know said you know I went up to Steel's house and everything. Because I did, but I was I was mainly there to just kind of watch how things were going. Because at the time, like I was still recovering from foot surgery, so I couldn't do a whole lot, but I could do something. Um, you know, I could I could explain things and I could show things, but I, I just couldn't go through and do everything. And uh, so, like, you know, I'm watching them do all this stuff, and it was just it, it wasn't the way I I would it wasn't the way I run a training. So it was it was weird, you know. But 
at the same time, like, I'm not going to step on toes because, hey, I'm not the trainer, you know. He's going to run it the way he's going to run it. You know, I can I can kind of tell these guys, like, hey, you guys need to learn more than what you're being shown or whatever. But so Connor and Hex, you know, they get a hold of me. So they come out to the house. First thing I do with them. All right, show me lockup. We're talking like these are some of the worst limp cinch fucking lockups. And like I'm not talking like, you know, you know how it is, you know, it's not but you know you're comfortable, you're loose. Right. Right. But you know, you look like you're going in for you know, because it's it's supposed to be fight. That's that's the appearance we're giving off. No, these were like just fucking straightforward, like the arm went in, my my hand is sitting on your elbow, okay. And I'm just like, the fuck, guys? Like, let's pinch this motherfucker in because right now we got like two fucking feet of space between us and we got to communicate. Yeah. And when their hand was forward, like the, the hand is pushing around their neck, it's like on their shoulder, you know? Now I'm just like, no, but like that, that's not right. That's, you, you, you got part of it, you got the idea. You know, but it, it's a collar. It's a, there's a reason it's called a collar and elbow. You know, one hand's around the collar of your neck, the other one's on the elbow. Cinch that motherfucker in. Get close to each other like you're struggling, but while you're struggling, you can fucking have a conversation. And nobody knows the fucking difference. Nope. You know, hey, if, if we were going to do something, but hey, I got a better idea, but I didn't get a chance to tell you, cool. I'll tell you in the fucking lockup. You know, let's let's just feel it out, roll with it. Uh, but then you know, we, like like Hex said, the, the the headlocks. You know, he was doing right side of headlocks. The, the fuck is that? And I explained to him, like, look, I was like, we're in America. I was like, in America, in the UK, you know, in Europe in general, it's like left side. Japan works right side. Lucha Libre works both sides. We ain't fucking Mexico, and we're not in Japan. Standard left side. Everything's left side. You can transition to where, if you're on the right side, you can transition around and do a little fucking twirl and fucking hook, hook the headlock the right way. You know? And But then it was like, I, okay, right. just, just walk me through the general idea of what you know. Uh, and then it was... You know, well, okay, from a from a from a lockup. Do you know how to transition to anything? And then it was yeah, I could take an arm. Well, cool, take an arm. And then the way they were taking an arm, I'm like, well, that, that's not realistic, man. Like, you're not just gonna. I'm not. I'm just gonna give you my arm and like here, take it, bud. Do whatever you want. I don't need it anymore. This is yours now. I'm just gonna put it out here in the air. You grab it. Do whatever. So. I start teaching them, you know, more logical, realistic ways to, like, hey, you got to make this believable. If it don't look believable, they don't give a fuck. So start working on that. Start showing them different ways to do the exact same fucking reversals. That way, going back to what I said earlier, not everybody is the same. You know, I can show you a bunch of different ways to put a hammer lock on. Maybe there's one you really like. So cool, you use that and somebody else likes the other one. 
Now you guys can do the exact same move but different ways. Now you're starting to develop your own style. You know, it's just putting pieces of puzzles together. That's all it is. I can tell them. I was like, we're, we're, we're dancing. That's all we're doing. We know the steps. Just let us go out there and fucking do it. And, you know, guys always want to get... Yeah, and they said that was, you know, that that's why everyone... That's where they're at today because of what you showed them. I'm just glad it was, you know, guys that, you know, wanted to learn and soak in information and then, you know, learn other things from other guys too, you know? Yeah. And them two learn so quickly. Right. Because they shut up and they paid attention. And they didn't get all salty and pissy when you gave them criticism. They take it with a grain of salt and they, you know, acknowledge, you know, what they had to work on and fix and they moved on. Right. Because they wanted to learn. You know, like. uh, Like, I would just sit around and I, I would literally watch, like, anything I, anything I could watch. I didn't care if it was big leagues. I didn't care if it was indies. You know, whatever. But I was always searching for, like, something different. You know? And, you know, imitation is a sincere form of flattery. I have I have stole so many things from so many right. different people over the years. But it's worked. And just taking that little bit from each person yeah. gave me my own fucking style. Absolutely. You know, and then you then you go out and do it, and then you realize, as you know, it's very much a a learn on the job type of deal. You know, you you can you can learn all the basics in the world. You can run the ropes in in record time, whatever the fuck, right? But you don't know how to truly apply it until you're out in front right. of the crowd. And then it's a whole different dynamic because now. You got to remember everything you were taught. You got to remember what you guys have talked about doing. You got to learn to adjust on the fly and listen to that crowd all at one time. You're taking them on a roller coaster ride. You're, you're in that time that your time in between right. those ropes. That's your movie. That's your commercial for you. Nobody else is going to put your shit out there and get you over. Sure, they could put you on the poster. They can they can hype you up, but if you don't deliver on that hype, then nobody fucking cares. You're just no. another guy who got in the ring and shit the bed. Yeah, speaking of which, along that lines, who were some of your best uh, matches? Let's see. And what were some of your worst? My best matches? Uh, let's see. Anytime I've... Uh, Got in the ring with Christian Steele, Joe Black, Brimstone. Uh, I love that street fight with you and me. I enjoyed that tag match with uh, Hex and Flint. Uh, for my own like little personal, you know, trophies. Like I used to be the guy that would wrestle guys that nobody else wanted to work. 
you know, for personal reasons or whatever, or they weren't that good. But, uh, like, I, 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 I enjoyed my match that I had with Sean Hughes. Right. Because after that match, you know, that Gizmini and that 